1: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
2: Hey, okay, we are live, but
3: but we committed the ultimate sin, Chad, because look where I am and look where you are right now. So. Oh
2: no! <laughs> Meltdown incoming. This, uh, yeah, hold up, watch this, watch this. No. Oh. Oh, no, wait. Watch this.
3: Okay, we're
2: good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented as always. I can't believe I missed that, dude. Presented as always by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, he is the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kalberman. Zach, we kind of always considered the A.J. Bouye move. Uh, He was released last week to kind of be fait accompli, right? We, we sensed that Casey was just behind him, maybe not quite as obvious as a slam dunk cut, but that Band-Aid got ripped off today. George Payton made his second official roster move. Jarrell Casey is no longer a Bronco. What was your gut reaction?
3: Not surprised. I mean, you and I kind of debated whether they restructure him and keep him around for another year, but I mean, he's... Everyone thought that Peyton would come in and just transform the Broncos in one fell swoop, making a trade for Deshaun Watson, making all these moves. But we said, listen, more than likely, his first order of business is trimming the fat from the roster. And he started with A.J. boyer and he's continuing now with Jarrell Casey. It leads me to believe if they cut Boye because they anticipate picking up a cornerback soon, if not multiple cornerbacks, that they anticipate using the money they saved, which was $11.8 million to pay Shelby Harris and get it over with. So I'd rather take that money like I suggested to Chad, take that 11 mil and put it right in Shelby's pocket where it
2: belongs. Yep. They have freed up some pretty serious coin. I want to say today, uh, copy editing, was it one of Nick's articles? I think it was. But the Broncos are now in the top five in cap space. And that can go pretty quickly when you start signing the Justin Simmonses and the, uh, you know, if it ends up being Shelby, which we hope, right? I'm not sure if Vaughn's contract, I think it does count towards what they currently view as the cap, even though it's an option, he's under contract. So I think it does count that. So they've got some space. And I think this time around, like, look, We know there's some holes there. We know there needs to be a backup quarterback signed. If you, you know, depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson, you got to get a a fail safe, a true fail safe veteran. And you got to fill at least one of your cornerback holes probably with a passable, at least mid-level starting caliber corner. And the pickings are a little bit slim. There are some options out there. In fact, Bob had a great article breaking down 12 corner options. Maybe we should go, go through that later on in the show here. Just highlight some of the names Bob's kind of uh, zoned in on. But bottom line here, what I'm, what I'm rambling about, Zach, George Payton's going to have some clams to make some moves. So we've heard that he's a lot closer with, to Justin Simmons than Elway was as far as a uh, long-term, you know, they're on the same page, so to speak. I'm betting that we get news on a Justin Simmons extension sooner than later.
3: Yeah, and there's other housekeeping the Broncos have to tend to as well, Chad. They can think about extending or restructuring Von Miller. They can think about um restructuring or maybe even releasing Kareem Jackson to free up even more money, more salary cap space. They can tender, which they should. Uh Alexander Johnson, Tim Patrick, uh Philip Lindsey. I mean, they have more in house guys, in house business than they have to uh before they can start Trading for a quarterback or buying a quarterback. So yes, yeah, he'll have some money, but it has to go to the guys who've earned it first. And then you can extend outwardly. So take care of Simmons. Take care of Shelby Harris. Take care of the RFA guys. And then when the open market, when that starts the signing period, then you can maybe look at a cornerback, you know, a McKenzie Alexander, a Mike Hilton. Then you can look at maybe a quarterback like an Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You can slowly build your roster leading up to the draft, which will be George Payton's, you know, grand
2: marquee moment as Broncos GM. So here is over the cap who, I mean, I trust these guys more than anybody when it comes to salary cap. I mean, NFL teams actually lean on overthecap.com. the uh, their internal guys. Like what's the dude's name? Um, Oh, the guy that replaced Sullivan. I just had the Rich Hurtado. They, I don't, I can't say for sure Rich does, but I know many NFL teams uh, use Jason Fitzgerald's website, OverTheCap.com. It's very accurate, Zach. But look here, forty-two million now. All right, forty-two point three million in cap space, and let's see that does count, Vaughn. Vaughn, it's, they have him on the books right now. So, cross your fingers, nothing happens here because you know, <sighs> Ian Rapoport said today on the Pat McAfee show that. He thinks the Broncos, Vaughn wants to stay in Denver, according to Rappaport. He wants to retire a Bronco. He thinks that it's not going to be an option. They're not going to option him. They're going to do some sort of an extension that, you know, allows him the opportunity to defer the cap hits and maybe retire a Bronco at some point.
3: Just scroll down, though. Look at the second and third guys on those lists. Look at Juwan James' number, Kareem Jackson, Graham Glasgow, Melvin Gordon. I mean, this whole list, Chad, are guys that are a little overpaid and just killing the Broncos salary cap. They're in a good position. They have almost $50 million, and the offseason really hasn't started yet. But you wonder if... Elway and Mike Sullivan at the time would have structured these contracts differently, or maybe not even picked up some of these players, how much money they'd have now. It's a really a testament, though,
2: to how he's built this roster despite the heavy front-loaded contracts on the books. Yeah, the, the biggest names here, real quick, and then we gotta we gotta move on here. Von Miller, the highest paid Bronco at 17.5 million, followed by Juwan James and Kareem Jackson at 10 million. This is base salary, respective, uh, respectively followed by Graham Glasgow, Melvin Gordon, Bradley Chubb. Why is he Chubb listed there? That's weird. Base salary. Oh, it's because of his his roster bonus from a, being a rookie um, or his signing bonus from his rookie contract. Bryce Callahan, <laughs> Bolsey. Uh, and then a kicker. Of, <laughs> yeah, means. then you have the kicker. There's your John Elway parting gift, right? <laughs> Paying the kickers and the punters, top dollar. But uh, nevertheless, it is incurred. It's exciting. I mean, look even if we're going to talk about what Ian Rappaport had to say about Drew Locke here on the other side in the next segment here. But, you know, George Payton has some – you want to talk about arrows in the quiver, darts to throw at the board. Not only has he got those salary cap dollars, Zach, but, hey, man, provided he doesn't fall hook, line, and sinker for the wrong deal and and give up the farm, he's going to have plenty of draft picks, another top-10 pick to land a blue chipper. I mean, this is a team that could be dangerous – In 2021, just like Rappaport said, if you get Drew Locke last four games, according to Rappaport, that's what he said, this is a dangerous team. You're starting to see why George Payton accepted this job,
3: Chad, and he finally acquiesced and moved on from Minnesota because he's walking into a position where he owns a top 10 draft pick. He'll have at least upwards of $50 million in salary cap space, and he has full autonomy to do whatever he wants with the roster, knowing that it's a honeymoon season for him and he's still under the watch of John Elway, but he's given full range. It's his baby now. It's his operation. So you're starting to see why he is the new sheriff and he's executing things his way. And so far, It's not a leap to say. It's not an overreaction. I love the way George Payton is operating, slowly trimming the overrated, overpriced pieces from the roster, giving the Broncos the best position to go out and sign free agents and putting them in a better position
2: than when he inherited them, Chad, a couple months ago. Well said. Guys, we have so much more to get to tonight. Uh, We got to talk about what Rappaport had to say about Drew. It was. I would maybe not quite classify it as breaking news, but it was definitely newsworthy, caught our attention here at MHH. It is also that time of the week where we take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag because we are your football priests. Each and every week we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. So get them ready, get them locked, get them loaded, and we will be as democratic as possible trying to get to as many questions and topics that's in the chat as we can. But first we got to say hello to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast manscaped gang. It's 2021. And hopefully by this point you have resolved to take your, your male grooming to the next level, embrace that new year, new me mindset. And manscaped is a great tool to help you do that. All right. Pardon the pun, Zach. I use it for so many different things, whether it's the actual lawnmower, whether it's the weed whacker for the nose and the ears, so many different accoutrements and little things to, uh, accentuate and accent your your game as as far as male grooming goes and they have anything you could possibly imagine to help you do that
3: yeah um i i'm actually holding the lawnmower right now i'm not going to give a demonstration of the below the belt grooming but i can turn it on real quick and I can just put it on my neck, and I'm telling you right now, I'm doing it as I'm talking. It doesn't hurt. There's no muss, no fuss. It's like it's not even there. It's such an ergonomically uh, cool grip in your hand. It feels so good, and it allows you to really feel good and take control of your look, Chad. Not just, again, below the belt. Not just your undercarriage, of the unmentionable parts of your body, but also your arms, your neck, your face, your chest, your shoulders. Again, if you're like me, where you're out and about at the gym most of the time, where your arms are showing, your body is showing, you don't Want to go in there looking like a Sasquatch? You don't want to go in there looking like a an undesirable person. You want to go in there feeling good and looking good. And manscape, I promise you, I promise you, I'm relating to every male out
2: there allows you to do that. Chad, well said. And you know, I I probably don't spend enough time talking about it, but the selling points on what make the lawnmower the best for male grooming it's skin safe technology on the blade, and that's a kind of some weird. uh territory right you got some uneven surfaces then it's easy to nick yourself not with this plus you get the light as Zach showed you and you can take it in the shower plus so many different products so embrace the new year new me mindset gang and head on over to manscape.com if you use the code huddle you'll get 20% off plus free shipping and your family jewels your boys they will thank you
3: Yes, they will. And again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code huddle at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code huddle.
2: All right, guys, we, uh, just a couple of quick other reminders. We'll dive right back in. Are you following the podcast, liking and following the podcast page on Facebook? If not, you got to get on that. I'm going to put the link to the page in the chat right now. Head on over there. Last night, as you saw, we gave away a shirt to a randomly selected follower of the Huddle Up podcast Facebook page. And we're going to be doing that weekly because we need to grow this page as quickly as possible because we have some big plans for the page in 2021. So most, I mean, I I don't know. I would say probably if you're over the age of 22 and you're in the workforce and you're, you're, you're a professional, you got a job at the very least, you're probably on Facebook. Nowadays, I mean, the kids, they don't use Facebook, right? Zach, my kids, they use Instagram. They use Snapchat. That's it. Um, but once you get into real life, you kind of have to use Facebook a little bit. So what I'm getting at here, everyone has a Facebook page. So head on over there, open up the app, find the Huddle Up podcast, give us a like, give us a follow. You'll automatically be entered into our weekly giveaways. And for now, it's there's, there's no moratorium. This thing's wide open. We're going to be doing it every week, and we'll let you know when that ends. But as of now, jump in on that. Um, Twitter, connect with us there, at Huddle Up Pod, at Mile High Huddle. And then my partner Zach Kelberman on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, as you can see on the screen for both of us here, at Chad and Jensen. And then our producer, John K. MHH, a.k.a. Buona Beast in the chat, but on Twitter, at John K. MHH. And then, guys, if you got some uh, some time, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get an MHH trucker hat, as you can see here, the football priest hat that Zach's rocking. Mug, face mask, hoodie, little something for everybody. Uh, it's another way to support what we're doing here. And being that, Zach, this is our last Huddle Up podcast of this week, we also got to remind everybody, become a supporter on Facebook and get access to our premium VIP video content, <clears throat> which has started with, in 2021, Zach's new show, Kelberman's Corner. What is it? Hot takes that hold water. It's a little bit different flavor than <clears throat> excuse me, what you get on these long-form podcasts Zach, Kim Becker, it's a little bit different, but trust, you don't want to miss out on that. So open up the mile high huddle page. Excuse me. You'll see the blue button, become a supporter. Click that you're in like Flynn. And if you're not able to do those things, by the way, Kelberman's Corner Sunday at noon Mountain Time, uh, it's all good. We're just happy to have you with us. Seriously, we appreciate each and every one of you that are with us now or listening after the fact on demand. We do ask that you check to make sure you are subscribed to the show Number two, like this video. This is especially crucial for our live viewers or those who watch the videos after the fact on Facebook and YouTube. And then three, share it out there if we're doing a good job for you. And help us continue to grow, reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you.
0: This is
1: the Overtime Podcast Network.
2: John, I know we got questions, but I just want to tackle this real quick because I know people, they want to know what's going on with this Drew Locke story. So let me let me just grab this real quick and then we'll dive right into the chat. Uh, Ian Rappaport, all right. Here's what he had to say today on an appearance on the Pat McAfee show, which is always entertaining. <clears throat> but Zach, let me just read this quote to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow this up uh, so everyone can hopefully see it. But here is what. Basically, Pat McAfee asked Rappaport, hey, the Broncos have been involved in just about every freaking quarterback rumor of the offseason. Are they moving on from Drew? Here's what he said, quote, no. And they've had opportunities to because teams, as all the calls have happened, Goff, Stafford, teams have called about Drew Locke because the potential is there. The Broncos haven't come close to trading him, and I honestly doubt that they will because here's the problem. Let's say the Broncos trade Drew Locke and then – Uh, what he did the last like four games of the season, let's say that's what he does for 16 games. Well, then it's like, why did you trade that guy? Look, if Deshaun Watson becomes actually available, if Russell Wilson becomes available, I would imagine the Broncos uh, would be interested because they're always going to be interested. Otherwise, I think it's going to be Drew Locke and then maybe you draft someone, maybe you bring in a good backup. Drew Locke has potential and it's scary to trade a guy before you see whether he's going to do it or not. Close quote. So Zach, it actually echoes what we've heard from Mike Kliss, who has reported at differing points this offseason that when the Detroit Lions put the ask out there when they were talking about Stafford, Gary, thank you for the stars, my friend. Tip of the cap. Uh, when the Lions were talking to the Broncos about Stafford, they wanted Drew, and and they don't they didn't want they didn't want to do it. They were uncomfortable trading Drew because they had a fear that he could go somewhere else and succeed because they still think he can succeed. It also echoes
3: the theory that the Bruckos are going to roll with Locke and bring in a backup with him, and 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 pair those two together. Where have we heard that before, Chad? Mm-hmm. Maybe the Huddle Up podcast. The last three months, we've been saying that. Don't expect a Deshaun Watson trade. And a lot of what Rappaport reported there, and I use reported loosely, was common sense. Drew Locke will be available or not available, but. Um, other teams will call about him because the Broncos have been reportedly dangling Locke in these deals. And the Broncos are on the top of every quarterback's reported wish list. So these these teams are thinking, okay, if they're in the market for a quarterback, maybe we can get their quarterback before they make that trade. It, it's all a musical chairs, Chad. These dominoes are all interconnected. So I'm not surprised that there's been interest in Locke. It's actually encouraging because... One of the big arguments for the lock detractors is that he has no value around the league, that teams wouldn't want him. Well, this kind of counters that. Maybe he has more value. Maybe NFL evaluators and people in the know, people with common sense and logic, they see him for what he is. He's still inexperienced, still inaccurate, still inconsistent, but building quarterback, progressing quarterback who's not yet even scratched his ceiling or potential. So I'm encouraged from both standpoints, from him himself and Drew Locke and where the Broncos seem to be going is, taking a look at Deshaun Watson, taking a look at Russell Wilson. I can't believe I'm even saying that right now. But ultimately, if the price is too high, which it more likely will be, run it back with Locke for one more year, bring in a
2: fail-safe, and go to work. By the way, right now we have well over 300 live viewers on YouTube. Make sure you like this video, gang. It's a small thing you can do to help us. And then when you add up everyone else from Facebook to Twitter to and uh, Twitch – I mean, we're well over 500 live viewers. Please give this video a like. It helps us out tremendously, okay? It's a small thing you can do. Let's grab this question from uh, Condition on YouTube. Hey, what teams are interested in Drew Locke? Do you know? Um, I don't have any specific privy knowledge of a team that is interested outside of the only team I know that has expressed a direct interest was Detroit, but that ship sailed. So I think, you know, you just got to do the math, right? I mean, look around at some of the teams that either have – Maybe an entrenched starter that's getting old that needs kind of that heir apparent or just straight up any quarterback needy team, which of which half the league falls into that category. But specifics outside of Detroit, I haven't picked up anything yet and I, don't, I wouldn't want to steer you wrong. I
3: was gonna say, just look at the teams that are in the market for these quarterback rumors like Vegas, Chicago, uh, San Francisco, who I could see Kyle Shanahan Chad, considering he developed Mullins and CJ Beathard behind Garoppolo. I can see him definitely showing interest in Locke, who fits his his system to a T. Um, but I want to just highlight a thing right here from Richie Rich. I'd offer the Broncos a seventh for. That's what you would offer. That doesn't mean anything. No offense, Richie NFL teams, if they're making these calls, they're not going to offer just a seventh. Otherwise they can go sign any quarterback on the street and keep their seventh round pick. If they're calling about lock, it means they're probably going to offer a third or fourth, not a seventh. It's a big uh, discrepancy there.
2: I think, and Rich, it's probably just your, your view on drew. Um, you're, you're one, you're kind of over it, right? You're ready to turn the page. You've seen enough on drew, but if anything, this this, this Ian Rappaport uh, comment, this remark, just goes to show you that the external and internal view, and when I say internal, I'm talking about the NFL within itself, right? the league, not the media, not the fan base. But the internal view of Drew Locke is probably a lot different and is a lot different than the external, both at the local and national level, I think – especially from week 11 on last year, in his comment there, Rappaport highlighted the last four games. But honestly, it was week 11, 13, uh, 14, 15, 16, 17. So it was actually the last six games, which was almost, not quite, but almost half the season. So fans act as if he showed no – he just was like, Paxton Lynch for 13 starts, turn the page goodbye. That's not what you got out of Drew. And that's why he still does have some value and some interest out there on – The trade market. Let's grab this super chat from John Houston. It is great to see you, John. Appreciate that, my friend. And, hey, man, reach out to us. If you'd like to come on the show, you've been a very consistent superstar over the last few months. And, I mean, over the last year probably at least. If you'd like to come on the show, we can get you booked. We like to schedule them on Wednesdays right now during the offseason. So if that's something you'd be down for, shoot an email to to us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. But John says, such BS. Locke had two rookie wide receivers with big drops, an injured Sutton, no right tackle, a crap offensive coordinator, um, fant in and out of the lineup. He's literally become their scapegoat. Yeah. I mean, I think fans, again, I don't want to, I don't want to be too hard on the fans who, for lack of a better term, the Drew Locke haters within Broncos country. I don't want to be too hard on them because I think the biggest thing, Zach, is You know, he gets roped in and lumped into the whole five years of maybe not incompetency, but sub-500 football, all right? They didn't, you know, they they won nine games in 2016, so that's not exactly true. But the last four years of losing seasons, Drew Locke gets lumped into that, and it's not fair, to be honest with you, because you just got to go off what he's shown you. As a rookie, coming out of that first five starts, everyone in Broncos country, with very few exceptions— was geeked up and excited about Drew Locke. Then he gets injured. Then he comes back, and he's helter-skelter. But then he puts it together down the stretch. By that point, though, Zach, so many of the fans, they were blind to what he did down the stretch because he, he had so, I don't know, he, I guess he, he had offended them so from week six to, to week ten. I don't know. And by the way, here's Zach, uh, burn the guitars. Good to see you, bro. Hey, guys, all I'll say is thank God Broncos country isn't the GM. People would be trying to flip the for an eighth rounder. <laughs> Hello, well. Good stuff.
3: I'll be a little harsh. Uh, I believe it's delusional. Uh, if you just shutter your eyes and you pull the wool over your eyes and, and ignorance is bliss to these uh, these lock haters, I saw a comment that said, what do you mean lock has been progressing? You know, he put progressing it with question marks. Did you watch the second half of the season? And a second question is, did you watch the second half of the season objectively? Or did you watch it with your lock hating blinders on? You saw a quarterback that, again... Far from perfect, far from a franchise quarterback, far from Deshaun Watson, whatever measure you want to use. But if you watch the second half of the season compared to the first, where those mitigating factors were still working against him, Chad, the coordinating, the injuries, the play calling, all this stuff. He actually had good games, good production. You saw growth in a young quarterback, and whether that's a little bit or a lot, growth is growth. People are acting like you said, Chad, Paxton Lynch, but not just that, a poor man's version of Paxton Lynch, which can't get not any worse than that. So I'm going to call it like it is. I'm not touting Drew Locke. I don't have blinders on the other way as well. I'm not touting him to be anything he's not, but to say he's not progressing or to want to get rid of him or think he has no value at all around the NFL, to me, it's delusional. It's blind hatred.
2: He should, you know there was reason for alarm because he started solid against Tennessee then he gets hurt that was a cause for alarm in and of itself which i understand but then he comes back and from that week 6 through week 10 it was this and sometimes when he was this going down it was clear signs of regression and then he come popping back up like that phenomenal second half performance in week 8 against the chargers he did this and then you get to week 11 and he kind of steadied out so give the kid his, his credit give him his due for what he for what modest never have show that's all we're saying
1: here this is the overtime podcast network
0: find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC no matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you make a statement on the job site
2: I like Natani Muti talking about the 2026 round guard that did get at least one start last year. But what do you really expect with an offensive guard with little experience? He did fine, showed upside. What more do you need after starting one game? So Natani Muti, all all I can tell you is that Broncos are freaking geeked up and excited about Natani Muti. He's got some work to do as a pass-protecting guard, but guess what? As a guard you don't have to be Joe Thomas level pass blocker to get by as a as a in the NFL because you're playing more in the phone booth. You're not as exposed on the edge to speed and different moves like that. I mean, you still got to have your your technique pretty well buttoned up, but you can get by and learn as you go. What he showed as a run blocker in that one start, I'm trying to remember what team it was now off the top of my head, but man, dominant, freaking animalistic run blocker just taking dudes out. And so the Broncos are excited. He's a great insurance policy for Grand Glasgow. Um, and he's a great insurance policy for if and when Dalton Reisner moves on, if they end up not re-signing Dalton after his rookie deal. And, you know, he's entering year three. Natani Muti's a nice little insurance policy. Yeah,
3: I was, uh, I remember that it was late in the season. He, st- I can't remember the team either, but he was just a beast in run blocking and he did not seem like a rookie at all chat. He seemed like a five year veteran that stepped in right away and, and knew his assignments and he played, he plays with a tenacity that's beyond his years and beyond his progression as a then rookie. And you owe a lot of that to Mike Munchak, but yeah, he's all that's been advertised. We knew Natani Muti was an animal as a run blocker. He's decent as a pass protector. He's an all around good guard to have the only red flag was the injury bug, and that that was his biggest question mark. If he can stay healthy, it's a matter of time before he's a starting guard, and it might happen next season. Graham Glasgow will be on the roster, but he showed even when he was healthy last year at Glasgow, he's really not all that great. He's definitely replaceable, and if Muti stays healthy and progresses, he will or
2: likely will take Glasgow's job sometime this season. So that game, by the way, was that road start in Carolina where Drew went off. That was the game um, Muti started, for what it's worth. Uh, so you Rello- mean to tell me that, you mean to tell me, Chad, he had better
3: offensive line play, and Drew Locke had one of his better games as Broncos quarterback. You mean to tell me it's just a
2: coincidence? I don't think so. We don't believe in coincidence on this show. Rello, take over. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. He says, what is Peyton's motive for Drew? Does he want to keep Drew or trade Drew? Well, I mean, let's just go off what the reporting has been. All right. Take our opinions out of it for a second. The reporting has been that every time he's been asked Peyton to, uh, as far as Drew, he said, no, he doesn't want to trade him as far as other teams. When they call Mike Kliss said, has said multiple times both in January and February, I've heard him say it that the Broncos were very nervous when they've been asked about Drew because they think he still has a chance to be a stud and their worst fear is letting him go and seeing him have that success elsewhere. And then Zach, you hear today teams are calling is Drew still a Bronco? Yes. What does that tell you? Peyton's not willing to part with him, at least not yet, or at least no one's made an offer great enough that he could, ref- you know, he, that he couldn't refuse it. So I think what that tells you is George Peyton, he doesn't tell you a lot when he does take to the mic, all right. When he's at the podium, he's not a bloviator where you can actually go, man, you don't realize that you just told us a lot. Like right. John Elway, I love John Elway. He's, a, I mean, seriously, tip of the cap to, to the Duke of Denver. But he would get up there, and oftentimes, thinking that he was keeping his cards close to the vest, you know, he would kind of ramble on, and whether through inferral or actual things that he said later on, like Freudian slips, he would actually end up revealing quite a bit that maybe he didn't intend to. George Payton, he's not that sleuthy, for lack of a better term. He told you straight up, Drew Lock I love his uh his his skill set his arm he's got the talent athleticism and all that uh he just needs to develop he likes Drew but he acknowledges that there is still a gap that he needs to close he still needs to be developed and you know you give him that second year in the same scheme where he's not jumping from a new coach to a new scheme year over year I'm still very optimistic that you could see him close that gap and bridge the gap in 2021 I was thinking to myself when you were talking that we we
3: really haven't heard much about George Payton and and negatively feeling toward Locke and and how he feels and these negative rumors. This is the second time now, though, where something negative of Locke has emerged from Pat McAfee's podcast. So putting my tinfoil hat on, Chad, Michael Lombardi with the dumbing down the playbook, which we hadn't heard before, now uh, with this about teams calling for Drew Locke, you always have to wonder about implicit bias, and we talked about that yesterday. That every analysis, every outlet out there, including PFF, has bias. So you have to wonder about the veracity of Pat McAfee's podcast of all sources. I just, I happen to think though, he's getting a way bigger bum rap based on nothing we know about George Payton, the GM. What we know about him is what he told us. He likes having draft picks and what we knew about him in Minnesota, which he believes in continuity for the most part. He doesn't believe in turnover, making these big deals. And I know it's an unsexy position to take. It's boring in today's world. You want the wheelers and dealers, the movers and shakers, the Elway in 2014. You're not going to get that with George Payton. And based on what we know right now, on February 25th, which is not a lot, it seems like he's content for the status quo. From the coaching staff down, we've been saying it ad nauseum. We'll say it again. Based on what we can glean, it seems like jo- Drew Locke will be back for this year under George Payton's
2: first year as Broncos GM. Uh, let me grab this super from Johnny. And then real quick, John, um, we got to grab – the the stream has jumped him on my end, but Muhammad's super sticker, Levi, uh, Fat Cats. And Josh. And then I think we're about where I'm at. If not, I'll let you know. But uh Johnny Baki, appreciate you, my friend. Uh that super chat. Now, this is here's what he says. He says huge huge shout out to Chad who takes time out of his very busy life to give advice to a couple of nobodies trying to live out their dream. Hey, look, dude, anyone in our community, um, I we don't view anyone as a nobody. So each one of you to us have value and we appreciate and love each and every one of you. But what Johnny's referring here. Uh, what he's referring to is he and Isaiah, who you guys know from our Facebook community. He's popped on over to YouTube here and there. They uh, they're, they have the ambitions, Jack, to start a podcast. You know, another another duo or another group that's been inspired. Um, what part we play in that? I don't know. But from our community, hey, we want to do this. Reached out, had asked some pointers. I said, hey, dude, just ask me direct questions, and I'll answer them when I can. I answered them. Anything I can do, anything we can do to help our, our community, we're going to do, you know, so good luck with that. And I hope you, hope my advice helped you a little bit.
3: Yeah. Nobody is a nobody. Everyone means something in our community and we're always glad to help. I've had people reach out to me through DM asking about the podcast, people breaking into journalism chat. I've always been more than happy to give out any tips or advice. It's not easy, but if you do it because you love it, you do it because it's a passion, it will feel like. Uh, you know, recreationally pleasurable for you. It won't feel like work. You'll get into it. And I wish you well, Johnny. I really do.
2: Yep. Yep. Big, uh, big ups to you and Isaiah. Just, just create the content. That's the best advice I can give you. Just get started yesterday. Uh, Gary, one of our great supporters on Facebook. And also, I mean, he just, he's a great supporter. Appreciate you. He says, I bet Alex Smith would like a shot at the Broncos just to get back at the Chiefs. LOL. But seriously, is Alex... An option. So here's the problem, guys. We keep getting asked about Alex Smith and Gary. All due respect, love you, buddy. Seriously, but he's under contract. And when a player is is under contract, and would, in other words, take a trade to get him in your NFL city, you then what what becomes the issue is cost. You know, the compensation given up to acquire. And for a guy like Alex Smith, I don't know that Washington is really interested in trying to move him because he's a great failsafe but I haven't heard any buzz. Have you? I mean, maybe I missed it that the Washington football team is looking to move Alex Smith. Yeah. I'd be really
3: surprised if they moved on from him. Cause he was like, you know, angling for comeback player of the year. And he came back, it was a great success story, Chad, coming back from that disastrous leg injury and the infections and the surgeries. I'm always rooting for Alex Smith, but What's the point bringing him into Denver? I mean, is he better than Drew Locke if Drew Locke meets his potential? And would Alex Smith be better than another alternative like an Andy Dalton or like a like a Ryan Fitzpatrick? I do not think so. I think he will stay in Washington. And uh, it's another situation where literally any quarterback who's alive and breathing is linked to Denver. It's just one of those crosses we have to bear for another offseason, Chad. Woo. Yeah.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs>
1: Paid for by America First Legal. It is what it is. Muhammad Badri,
2: MHH resident male model, as you can see in his YouTube profile pic. Rocking the hoodie, rocking the trucker hat like a boss. Appreciate you, my friend. And we hope you had a a great birthday, by the way. And uh, appreciate the the super stickers. Always great to see you. Uh, Got one here from Willie as well. Let me grab this real quick here. Uh, John, it's not letting me. There it is. All right. Uh, Willie, appreciate you, bro. Good to see you. He says, can you please at, I assume you're talking about Mile High Huddle's Luke Patterson with his Drew Lock knowledge. So, look, here's the thing. I'm trying to think. You and I, maybe Keith Cummings, trying to think who else might jump out. We're probably the most rose-colored when it comes to Drew. And when I say rose-colored, I'm not trying to like, you know, expose and say we're biased on Drew, but just that we still see a glass half full with, with Drew and a lot of the guys at MHH, a lot of the great analysts here on staff, they don't see it that way. They have differing view and you know sometimes it's a more passionate and outspoken uh, perspective or take on Drew and it is what it is. I, we, here's one of the great things about MHH as a staff and then as a community and it trickles down and it's all part of the whole. We encourage and want a diversity of opinion on all the topics. It would be very boring if everyone on our staff believed the exact same things. You guys would get bored. Trust. So Luke has his opinions. Nick has his opinions. Eric has his opinions. I could go on, but all we can do is sit up here and tell you what our opinions are. So appreciate you, Willie.
3: Yeah. My opinion is I don't hate Drew Locke. I, I don't see him as the worst quarterback in history. I don't, I don't see him as being unsavageable or irreparable. I think he's a young quarterback still developing it. Others are set in their ways though. others, You know, they, they want Locke to fail more than they want the Broncos to succeed. And I will never be in that boat. I want the Broncos to win with whoever's under center. If it's Drew Locke or if it's Zach Wilson, Deshaun Watson, whoever, Andy Dalton, I want the Broncos to do well, but for right now,
2: Locke is the quarterback and I'll be rooting for him. Hey Ken, what's up? Appreciate you from uh, Tokyo. Hashtag state of being Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being baby. Um, And as I was thinking about this, um, then I'm going to grab Levi, you, me, Kenneth Booker shares our, our overall take on drew, like just run it back one last year and then you'll know for sure. If you don't know, or if he doesn't prove it in, in 2021, you move on. Also Mike Evans. And for those of you who missed it, everyone knows the superstar, Mike Evans, been on the show three different times, Mike Evans, now on staff, staff writer at milehighhuddle.com. And we're really excited. His first article is going to be coming out here on this very subject, by the way, in the very near future. So shout out to Mike. And it's just cool. I mean, serendipity, the way we find, you know, when the stars align and the right people and the right just situations. And uh, it's been great seeing, I mean, John came out of the community, right? John Bonabees came out of the, the MHH podcast community as a staffer. And now I mean, we lean on John more than you guys know. Like John does a lot of work, not just when we're live, but like behind-the-scenes stuff as a podcast producer and and organizer and planner and designer and just a lot of different stuff. But it didn't stop there. I mean, James Campbell, podcast community, and then Kenneth and now, of course, Mike. So we love each and every one of you, appreciate each and every one of you, and uh, I just love that serendipity. Levi, love you too, Doc. Appreciate the super. We're looking forward to having you on the show in the next few weeks. But he says... Hey fellas, how about that 2 on 2 tag match looking forward to the next Kelberman's corner. Man, people are itching for a Kelberman versus Kendall a throwdown on, you know, Drew Lock subject. Maybe we maybe we really do need to uh, you know, work that into the schedule.
3: You can be my tag partner though, Chad. Me and you versus uh Nick and uh Nick and Lance, I think two biggest Lock haters on the MHA staff and we're the two biggest. Oh, I'm sorry, wait. I, I want to highlight a question cuz I saw one in the comments here, Chad, because apparently Casey thinks I'm the only one, you just use the word yourself, I'm the only one calling people that don't support Drew Locke a hater. I don't know how sensitive you are, Casey, but when you're hating on someone, you tend to be called a hater. I was hating on Garrett Bowles. I was a Garrett Bowles hater. I was hating on Melvin Gordon. I was a Melvin Gordon hater. Casey, tell me which player on the Broncos
2: roster you don't like. I will call you a hater of that player. Yeah, appreciate that, Casey. Uh, Fat Cat's in the house. Good to see you, bro. He says, no questions, just showing some support. Hey, man, appreciate that. And here in the near future, we got to get you on the show. By the way, I see a super chat from Dale and also from Alvin. We haven't seen Alvin for a while. Um, Dale, I never heard back from you. Do you want to come on the show? Let me know. Fat Cat's, reach out. By the way, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. We can, we can set it up. Appreciate you, buddy. But, yeah, I mean, diversity of opinion, haters, I mean – I can you want that. diversity of opinion, Casey, but you want me to agree with your opinion.
3: That's not diverse. Me having my own opinion is diverse, and you having your own is diverse. So
2: there miss go. Me with that completely. Josh Alstrom, another one of our great superstars. Appreciate you, buddy. He says, we can still trade for Deshaun Watson and sign a mid-tier cornerback or two. Richard Sherman uh, would be more expensive, but I'd love it as a veteran leader. Really, really interesting um, topic there. Let me let me pull this up real quick, Zach, because I feel like this is a good opportunity to just kind of breeze through this really quickly. Uh, hopefully, you guys caught the article from Bob Morris just the other day. It was either yesterday or the day before. Let me pull this up real quick, uh, laying out the twelve corners to consider for the Broncos in free agency, and I'm just going to run through these uh, very quickly. And I want your take, Zach, on if any of these guys jump out. Okay. Um, Richard Sherman, as mentioned there, also by Josh. Let me close this. Uh, too expensive, too old. Pat, Patrick Peterson, right? Expensive. William Jackson the kind of an under the radar guy that I think is going to end up making some money this uh, yeah. this off season. What about mine though? Then we get to Shaquille Griffin, <clears throat> former, uh, current Seahawk, etc. Xavier Rhodes. I'm not sure he's a very good. Fangio fit, but um, he's seen better days. George uh, Payton uh, connection too with Xavier Rhodes. That's true. That's true. Xavier Rhodes, did he make that article? Well, no, he was a cult when you when you did the five the five. So he's yeah, but yeah, you're right, that thread is there.
3: Troy Hill. That's that's an underrated uh, uh cause Brandon Staley, I know he's not on the Broncos roster anymore, but Vic Fangio can easily give him a call and get a recommendation on Troy Hill. This is a guy who, like um Xavier Rhodes, could make some money on the open market or William Jackson. But if the Broncos want to splurge a little bit, I think this is my guy, Chad. If they want to hit the second tier
2: uh the free agent range for cornerbacks. I'm sure he gets if he gets the Staley stamp of approval, you know, Fangio is gonna, gonna look. Um Brian Poole. This is a guy that, um, you know, I know Bob has kind of had his eye on for a couple of off seasons now, ex-Jet Chidobi Awuzie, the ex-Cowboy we've talked about a time or two on this podcast, Uh, former first-round pick, or was he a high second? First-round, right? Second.
3: I think he was a second. All
2: right. Uh, Kevin Johnson, former first-round pick for sure of the Texans coming off of a a year with the Browns. Michael Davis, the ex-Charger. Desmond King, the ex-Charger. And Mike Hilton, ex-Steeler. That's it. So, of those guys, Zach. Let me. I like possibly Desmond King. I like possibly Owusu, depending on cost. I like possibly Hill. And you know what? I would be, and maybe Griffin, maybe Griffin, but I would be open to talking and, and Jackson. As far as Peterson and Sherman, the two big dogs on this list, I don't think the 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 juice is going to be worth the squeeze. That's what I was going to say to you. I really would not mind any player on that
3: list except for Patrick Peterson or Richard Sherman, only because they're going to be expensive, and they would be Reynolds because the Broncos want to develop their own young cornerbacks. They have a veteran, Bryce Callahan, but they're going to lean on the as the Asang Bassies. They're going to add in the draft, probably with Caleb Farley. So this veteran they would get would be more toward a – uh, a short-term mentor rental for a couple seasons. I don't want that guy with Sherman's baggage. Chad Patrick Peterson is a little volatile as well. I would much rather prefer to save some money and sign a Hilton or a Troy Hill
2: and then attack that position in the draft as well. All right, Ben Roth, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. He says, "Where would you rank this year's quarterback draft class compared to the last 5 to 10 years?" I think it would be in the top half of the last 10. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I think that would be a fair assessment. I mean, I'll just keep it, let's keep it manageable and say the last five draft classes so 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. We'll count this as the fifth. Um, I mean, how can you deny how good the 17 class was, even though Trubisky flamed uh, Mahomes and Watson? 18 was, you know, the Hall of Fame class with Baker and Darnold and freaking Rosen, Lamar and Josh Allen that one probably still emerges as the top one at least of the f- past 5 years 2019 mm, i mean Joe Burrow will, remains to be seen i think he has a good career ahead of him but ugh, Justin Herbert solid very similar depending on how Burrow's arc goes uh, 19 could end up kind of being similar to 17 and you got a top heavy two guys that you know really emerge but this class i probably go 18 17 2021, 2019, 2020, probably something like that.
3: Yeah, I was going to say it's probably like second or third, somewhere in the mid range. I would not think it's the best overall class because you have a generational talent in Trevor Lawrence, which I don't think he's going to be that good. I think he'll be, you know, a really good quarterback, but then it's a, a lot of uncertainty. Who's the quarterback two in this class? Is it Zach Wilson? Is it Justin Fields? Who's the quarterback three? Is it Trey Lance? Is it Mac Jones? A lot of questions that are going unsolved, Chad. So, It's a good class, but not a class that is going to be remembered like the 83 draft class and and classes like the 2017 draft class. It's not going to go
2: down in lore in NFL history. Yeah, 83 had three Hall of Famers, dude. Wow. Marino, Kelly, right? Uh, That was legit. Chris P., thank you for the super chat. Good to see you. Bonafide superstar. He says, spot on with Locke. He may not pan out, but don't throw your picks out so fast. Otherwise... This will never turn around for us. I get what you're saying, my friend. It's very similar to, you know, my fear is you've gone this far with Drew. And if 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 you had gotten this far, Zach, and you've not seen any sign of potential production, like if it, if it was just right. a big nothing, I mean, if you were just staring into an abyss of 18 starts and it was just darkness, yeah, I would get the antipathy and I would be right here alongside you Pound on the table, time to move on. But that's not what it's been, you know, been up and down, no doubt about it. But he has flashed, and it's flashed enough to where, and especially with Zach, when you throw in the fact that both of his two years in the NFL, now granted, his first year, all he had was down the stretch. But in both seasons, he improved when, in theory, the game should matter the most. That's important. It's just wild that,
3: you know, you talk about Paxton Lynch. This was a former first-round pick who was beat out in a starting competition two years in a row by a seventh-round pick, and yet despite that, he still had people in his corner, he still had his supporters blaming everyone around him. The coaching, the players, Vance Joseph, everyone around Paxton Lynch, but Drew Locke doesn't get the same luxuries, and it's amazing. Everyone talks about continuity, and you say that you can't change head coaches, you can't change coordinators, but the same is true for quarterbacks. I don't get the double standard in Broncos country that wants to excuse Pat Shermer and excuse Vic Fangio for all their red flags and all their miscues, but they want to hammer Locke and indict Locke on every one of his and not look past any of them. I it's again it's delusion. That's all it
2: is. Mike Kane, thank you for that super chat, my friend. Be sure to connect with us on Twitter so that we can shout you out after this podcast. Appreciate you. He says, Hey guys, with Casey and Bouye cut, I'm not seeing Peyton. Paying Vaughn, either pay cut for Vaughn or he's gone. What do you guys think? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because um, I can pull this up, Zach. First, you know, why don't you answer that quickly and then I'll bring up what Rappaport had to say on this very subject today.
3: Well, a lot's going to depend on the criminal investigation, which is in the hands of the, you know, the DA now. So uh, how that turns out, I think, will shape Vaughn's future. But I tend to think that, yeah, they're not going to pick up the option. I think they will work out some sort of restructure or possible extension. That way they can bring his salary cap number down and spread out the hits over the life of his contract. I'm sure the Broncos want Vaughn back because he is a future hall of famer. There is still gas left in the tank. And from Vaughn's point of view, after missing all of last season, after having this domestic violence issue, whatever it is, I think he'd want to do what's in the best interest of the team and kind of put a good front-facing you know, initiative on. I think he'd want to do something humanitarian that would give him good PR, and that would mean taking a pay cut or reducing his salary or coming to terms and compromising with the only team he's known in the NFL. My gut still tells me something will get done in agreement which keeps Vaughn in the Broncos uniform for at least this season.
2: Me too, especially after what Rappaport said. Here's, here's what he said, quote, with regard to, hey, you know, Pat McAfee asked him what's going to happen with Vaughn, you know, et cetera. Quote, if he's free, meaning if he becomes a free agent, he's going to have a very good market. I'll say at this point, I doubt that he's free because they got the team option coming up. I don't think they're going to pick up the option because I think there's a good chance, a real chance, the two sides get together and make it make sense. He's talking about an extension. He wants to finish his career in Denver. He's awesome. Missed last year with an injury. They have cap space. It's hard to get better letting one of your best players walk. So I would imagine there is some sort of compromising to smooth out his cap hit and make it make sense. And it's funny that he says about talking about letting your best players walk, Zach, because that's something that Peyton himself said Uh, with regards to Justin Simmons on a little side interview he did not long after he was hired that said, hey, we're not in the business of letting our best players walk out the door.
3: Yeah, he said that about Vaughn and and Simmons as well in his uh, little uh, introductory press conference. And if you look at it again, because we can all really just judge him on his basis of work with the Vikings, how many guys did they resign how many second contracts did vikings players get and the answer is a lot it was almost the opposite of the broncos under john elway where he would let homegrown players and let pro Bowl players walk and drafted players and not think of resigning them except for uh, certain instances the vikings operated with the opposite mindset so i, I tend to think that what George Payton is saying there is not just lip service. It's not just negotiating through the media. He'll do what's ever in his best power to keep the core of the team together and say what you want about him. Von Miller is still among the core of the team. You don't let future hall of famers walk when there's still gas left in the tank and he wants to play for you. I think it will happen.
2: Uh, Kieran across the pond in great Britain. Appreciate you, my friend. I'm sorry. We can't show your actual super chat. The stream jumped you my best efforts. Zach's best efforts. John's best efforts. We couldn't, get back up to grab it. The stream wouldn't let us go past a certain point. So we're doing it the old fashioned way. Thank you for that. Super chat. He says fan from Sheffield, England here. Love the pod. That's very sweet. My friend, we really appreciate you. Yeah. Um, We got a few uh, superstars across the pond. Uh, Real quick, John, let me grab this from Steve Griffith, one of our great supporters on Facebook. He says, It doesn't appear the Broncos brass agrees with that statement. If they did, there wouldn't be so much talk about getting a veteran
0: to come in and push. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site
1: Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults removing breast and genitals. They want boys in our daughter's bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Or at least be a quality backup. So the idea that they're so
2: uh, valuing his potential so much, if that were the case, if they, if, if Peyton really loved drew, they wouldn't be involved in every potential right quarterback deal that's out there. And that's why I think at this stage, it's important to um, differentiate the meaning of like, and love. I think Peyton really likes drew. I really do. Does he love him? Well, he hasn't earned that yet. He hasn't All right. left no doubt, right? That's, That's something that one of my uh, coaches as a young man, all right, would tell us when we went out on the field is leave no doubt. You know, when you get out there, and I I used it, I mean, I learned a lot about life playing football, right, as a young man. (laughs) When you, whatever your endeavor is, you got to get out there, give it your all, lay it down with authority, and leave no doubt. And unfortunately for Drew, even though there's been a lot of progress, Zach, he didn't leave, no doubt, and that's why right now it's a like-not-love proposition, in my opinion, between Peyton and, uh, and Drew bingo bing freaking go Chad that's exactly what it is is no one is disputing
3: even me even Chad and we're the two biggest Drew Locke lovers out there he did not take the mantle as the franchise quarterback last season and even Locke would and has told you that he said that in interviews I did not do what I needed to do so he's not surprised at all that they're shopping for quarterbacks or being linked to quarterbacks but when you look at what the reality is, what the more likely outcome is, is saddling Drew Locke, and I use saddling loosely with a veteran quarterback, they're still giving him the opportunity to be the quarterback one next season. They're just giving themselves a fail safe, so they're not relying on Jeff Driscoll or Brett Rippin to save the day. When you look at it, Skewing a trade for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or not taking a quarterback in the first round, it actually says more about Drew Lock and less
2: about his backups like Driscoll and Rippon. So I would not read too much into anything right now. Less that. Mr. Boggins in the house. And by the way, Marcus, we have you for Wednesday night next week. So hope you have that on your calendar. Appreciate you, dog. He says, who do you think has a better chance to start next year? Justin Sternod, the former fifth-round rookie linebacker who suffered the wrist injury in training camp. We didn't get to see him. Or Calvin Anderson, the kind of undrafted young journeyman uh, tackle who the Broncos did have to rely on a time or two last year. He did have one start. What's your – my guess here is not – I mean, depending on what happens with Juwan James, right? But I'm saying Justin Sternott has a better chance.
3: This is a really good question, Boggins. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm going to say Sternod as well because we look at the Vic Fangio's track record. He doesn't really believe in acquiring blue chip or high-priced inside linebackers, so they might tender A.J. Johnson, and they have Jewel, but Sternod's early on the roster. They've invested in him already, and he's already been in the system, whereas they have Juwan James. He's going to be the right tackle, and... There's a better chance, I think, that Sternad has a starting spot available to him rather
2: than Juwan James giving it up for a second season. So I'm with Sternad as well. For what it's worth, John says, quote, on this very question, Sternad will get more snaps, but that Anderson has a better chance to get starts. So for what it could be. Um, John Houston again. Thank you, bro. He says, people compare Herbert. He had two Pro Bowl wide receivers, a Pro Bowl tight end, easy offensive system that became catered to him. Locke literally had the opposite situation. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you, John, to the second part of that, where Shermer just didn't do a good job of scheming to Locke's strengths and skill set. But I don't think you – I mean, yes, he lacked bona fide experience at the skill positions, but, I mean, freaking first-round pick, Jerry Judy. First-round pick, no offense. Second-round pick, K.J. Hamlin, Timmy P coming out of the blue to lead the team in receiving, basically. So – it wasn't as if Drew was bereft of weapons. It, the coaching aspect of what you said, though, John, spot on. Yeah, I agree
3: with that as well. I mean, you, you, I can't exonerate nor I will I exonerate Drew Locke for everything. He had a lot of talent around him, and you can say what you want about missing Cortland Sutton in the coaching, but uh, he had a lot of opportunities that he didn't take hold of as well, and he could have done a better job. So I'm with you on that. I will go with the coaching, and it was uh, subpar in Denver, but the talent level, I think it was comparable, if not better, than what Herbert had in L.A.
2: Okay, real quick, John. The stream just jumped, and so here's where I'm at. Really quick, um, scrolling. Simon at 711 is where the closest super I have in the chat that I can access. Bear with us just one second because it's it's getting very busy. Which we love to see everybody in here. Um, but let me just organize this for John. We have uh, Jules, Andrew, Alvin, Dale, and Anthony. Uh, in that order that we would need to get next. So let me just grab this from from Robert. Appreciate you, Robert. He says, is it beyond a shadow of a doubt that Lindsey is moving on? No, it's not beyond a shadow of a doubt. Not at all. Lindsey is unhappy. Uh, the Broncos, again, if you take what Peyton said at its face value, we're not in the business of moving on for, or letting our best players walk out the door. We talked about this last night. Philip Lindsay is one of your best players. A year ago, I would have said he was your best offensive player. And the only reason I'm not saying that now is because of the injury bug. But it was really only one year that the injury bug was a persistent thorn in his side. He has that reputation for whatever reason of being injury prone. Maybe it's because he suffered that wrist injury in week 16 as a rookie, but he'd already gotten over 1,000, missed one game, by the way, because of that wrist injury. I don't know. Maybe it's because he tore his ACL in high school. I don't know. But it was only one year that he's had persistent nagging injuries, and that was last year. I still think this is one of your top three star playmakers on offense. You can't let him walk out the door, especially while you have team control as a restricted free agent. Yeah, he's going to cost a little bit north of $3 million if you hit him with a second-round tender, but that's a small price to pay relatively if you can work him into your offense better. I mean, that's on Pat Shermer find ways to use into his strengths. And that was the bone Lindsay had to pick just last week when he went off on the radio. I think it was on Nick and Cecil on one Oh four three, the fan that look, I wasn't used right. Yeah. I'm with you. It
3: wouldn't make sense personnel wise to get rid of a playmaker. And it wouldn't make sense business wise, because if you tender him at the second round level, it'd be what three and a half million bucks, Chad. And you consider you'd be paying him that and $8 million compared to Melvin Gordon. And, if you want to trade him, which I don't recommend or advocate for, you can still have the opportunity if you place a tender on him. So I think it's fate accompli that he's tendered regardless of what they want to do. Letting him walk for free, Chad, I don't think is an option for George Payton.
2: Yeah, according to the Mothership Sports Illustrated, uh, $3.384 million is the estimated RFA second round right of first refusal tender. So I'm doing that all day, every day. Yep. Alvin, wow, man. Thank you so much for that very generous super chat.
3: Thank you, Alvin.
2: I mean, you've, uh, I want to say Alvin crossed our radar when we had the uh, crossover show last summer with Perna is when I I remember Alvin coming to us and it's just been great having you in the community. Uh, And I know you can't necessarily be in every single chat, but man, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for that generosity. It really does mean the world to us. He says, Chad and Kelberman, bringing it every week. Thank you. My support to the Mile High Huddle Gang. Hey, appreciate you, dog. Thank you, lot. Alvin. Yes. Thank you so much. It really does. Um, John, we got um, we got Jules, Andrew, and D-Dub. Jules, Andrew, and D-Dub. Um, While well, he's pulling that up there, I know he's almost got it. I'm going to grab a sign. Whoop. Oh, sorry. Do it again, John. Sorry, my bad. We clicked right at the same time. Jules Romero. Zach, that's not a name I recognize. New on name. Chat. Yeah. Welcome, Jules. Welcome. Thank you. Stick around, connect on Twitter so we can shout you out and keep the conversation going. He says, Locke hasn't been convincing. And we know for sure that we would be getting uh, what we would be getting from Watson for the next 10 years. Those draft picks are not guarantees. I feel you. I really do. You know, I, I've kind of softened my stance a little bit on just the whole topic of Watson, but still what makes you think you would get him for 10 years? It's like, it's like when, it's like when someone's significant other cheats on them or, or, or has an affair with somebody right. That is in a relationship. And you're like, leave, leave, leave uh, your husband for me. And eventually she leaves your husband, her husband for you. And you think to yourself, she'll never do what she did to him, to me. And then it happens. Right. And they're always surprised. I have a very close uh, personal friend that, that was exactly what happened. How can you be surprised when it finally the shoes on that other foot? And that's what one of the things, that's a small thing, but it's something I would be concerned about, Zach, with Deshaun Watson is, you know, you got three more years under contract with him. If I'm not mistaken, it's three, it might be four. But either way, then what happens? Because this dude is you don't see franchise quarterbacks um, you know, try to strong arm their way out of town the way you're you're seeing Watson do. And so that is a little bit of a concern, but it's nothing I'm to tripping on. I just,
3: we're writing off lock based on, you know, really incomplete football. And you're making the biggest assumption and a certainty of, you know, what you'd be getting in, in Deshaun Watson for 10 years. There is no guarantee with life, with anything. I can step out of my office right now. I can step outside and get hit by a car. Deshaun Watson can step wrong and tear his ankle and break, just like Von Miller did last year. And what would you be getting? We know what we'd be getting. People talk like he's Peyton Manning. What has he done in Houston? A one and two career playoff record. They went four and 12 last year. We'd be getting what? A lot of stats during the regular season and nothing in the playoffs. We'd be scoring 39 points every game and allowing 40 every game because you can't build the rest of the roster because you give up everything to acquire him. So I just don't understand that people are lumping into Sean Watson, the same category as future hall of famers, Peyton Manning and Patrick Mahomes. He is not there yet. A 10 year guarantee. You wouldn't be getting one year guarantee with a Sean Watson. Cause where was this last year? Did anyone think Deshaun Watson would be wanting out of Houston this time last year? How about Russell Wilson in Seattle? Nothing is a guarantee.
2: So to say 10 year guarantee delusion. All right, let's grab this one here from Andrew. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, hit the hit the like button. I don't know where Andrew went, John. I didn't. I didn't click him off. You still got him? There he is. Appreciate you, Andrew. Connect with us on Twitter, my friend, and welcome and thank you. He says, "What do y'all think about bringing in Gardner Minshew to have a QB battle between Drew Gardner and Brett?" I don't like it. Look, I've uh, I've talked to Gardner Minshew. I've sized him up. I've looked him in the eye. He's a very impressive um, force to be reckoned with. As just a human being. But as a quarterback, dude, like, I mean, I could at least understand Tebow mania because the dude might've looked ugly, you know, throwing the ball, but my dude won games, right? Like he would defy the odds and freaking wreak miracles out there on the gridiron. Gardner Minshew, I still don't get the, like, why aren't he even a topic of conversation? This dude (laughs) is can't, can't hang dude. Like his one, thing he can write home about aside from the stash and the, and the style and you know, the mania that goes around with the Gardner Minshew name is he beat the Broncos in week four of 2019. Other than that, what he what has he done? I don't get it, but Andrew, I don't see it. He's also under contract. So why, you know what I mean? Like he's, you're going to trade for Gardner Minshew. I don't think so. We went from Alex Smith to Gardner Minshew and the next, we're going
3: to talk about AJ McCarron soon, Chad, as a possible Broncos target, you know, from the past Every quarterback that's available can, you know, be linked to the Broncos. But I've been saying that for a while. People love him, and he has this cult following based on what? Because he has this, you know, gregarious personality. He's very bombastic. I don't care about that. I don't want some guy who's going to be on social media with braids, you know, posing for his mixtape. I want a quarterback (laughs) who lives, sleeps, and eats football. And that's what – say what you want about Drew Locke, but that's what he is.
2: Good stuff. All right, we are at the 102 mark, so we really got to start blasting through uh, make sure we get to all of our superstars because we're running late here. Dale, bonafide MHH Mount Rushmore, we want you on the show. So it's not a very big, um, you know, it, it's not a big deal. All you need is your phone or your laptop or your tablet, mm-hmm. however you watch the show. That's all you need. And a relatively clean background, right? And the best lighting you can do, even if it's just a light in, you know, in the room. That's all you need. We'll take care of the rest. Email me, Dale. You got my email address. Let's set up a time. Love you, buddy. Appreciate it. This just blows us away. He says, Great news to my ears. Teams have been calling about lock. I'm not surprised at all. I wasn't convinced Peyton liked Drew. Hearing the Broncos refused to put lock up for Matt Stafford makes me rest easy that Broncos aren't going to sell the farm for Watson. Cheers. Cheers to you, my friend. Seriously, Dale. Love you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you, Dale, so much. Yeah. I mean, it tells you it just kind of backs up some of the things we've heard. Like we talked about early in the show, Zach, that, you know, George Payton is reluctant to move on from, uh, from Drew Locke at this point. And I honestly think that Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, those are like the only guys that would probably move the needle to make him supplant Locke. And both are very unlikely. Even, even the Watson, I, as I've been saying in the last few pods, I do think he's probably going to force his way out. They're going to have to trade him sooner than later it's still the cost is so prohibitive. If you believe that Peyton is who, you, who he says he is, like you're really going to mortgage the farm on that guy. I, I like Watson again. I, it's just I don't see him as the slam dunk that so many of our peers and fans and colleagues do. Like I just don't. I don't quite see it. He's good, three time Pro Bowler, won an AFC crown, uh, AFC South crown, uh, n- not this past season, but the season before. It's not like he has zero accomplishments. He, he was the passing champ this year in terms of yardage, but it did nothing to move the needle for the Texans. They still finished 4-12. and So if he couldn't elevate a Texans team beyond 4-12, and despite leading the league in passing yardage, Zach, over 30 touchdown passes, what makes people so sure? It's not people think or what makes people hope. What makes people so sure? He would come to Denver and be this lockdown for sure. We're going to the playoffs. We're beating my homes. We're going all the way guy like no reservations on that at all. And especially when you consider the cost to get him here. Like, I don't know. I'm just not there with y'all.
3: And and for 10 years, that's they're sure for 10 years, not just for this year. So, and, and there's a very real chance that Deshaun Watson will sit out going into the regular season, you know, a few weeks of the regular season. And you're a little naive. I'm saying to anyone out there who would believe that Peyton in year one when he's tasked with a crossroads season and rebuilding this roster and kind of replenishing the cabinet that John Elway left dry. If you think he's going to wait till September or August to make a blockbuster trade for Deshaun Watson and keep the Broncos in limbo at quarterback
2: for all these months, I think you're sorely mistaken. Simon, up there north of the 49th parallel, appreciate you, my friend up in Canada. He says, what's up, guys? Love the intensity, Zach. Keep lock for this year. Have faith in our GM to build our team up in the draft. Success will follow. And sometimes, you know, sometimes Zach will uh, get a little bit fired up. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that before. He he tends to be a little uh, intense at times, which is why you guys got to check out Kelberman's Corner every Sunday at noon on Facebook, become a supporter, and uh, get in on that conversation. It, it's just, it's comments like these is the reason why I get fired up. You don't see it in Watson,
3: but you see it in Locke. You guys are a joke. I don't know how many more times I have to say this. Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback, a top five quarterback. Drew Locke is not. Deshaun Watson is better than Drew Locke, but to give up the farm to mortgage the entire future for three, four, five years for Deshaun Watson. That is the great debate. And that's what gives me pause. And also we don't know what Drew Locke could be yet. Those are all facts. It's not bias. It's not hating. It's facts and it's our opinion. So I don't know how it's interpreted, Chad, that we're knocking Deshaun Watson as this terrible quarterback while championing Drew Locke as this great quarterback. It's almost the opposite. It's the other way around. We just don't see the cost being permissive for someone like George Payton in his first year. That's all we're saying. It's a fair point.
2: Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Knight 232, uh, really hitting us in the fields here with this very, very generous super chat, man you know, you don't have to do that. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you so much. And, you know, this generosity from everybody, all of our superstars and our supporters, but, you know, Jeremy, Dale, Alvin, I mean, everyone tonight, all of you, JT, it allows us to keep doing this content. Seriously, that's what allows us to show up every single day from six mountain to seven uh, mountain and do these shows. So thank you for allowing us to do that and, and providing us the platform and the means to do that. Jeremy, love you, buddy. And as soon as you have the uh, device things figured out you're coming on the show so let me know when that happens but he says do you draft a quarterback in the first round if peyton turns the roster over since it looks like the 22 qb class looks like crap at this point let's just run this thing back with lock and if the season goes south just do a complete rebuild and sell everything that's a I don't know jeremy maybe you're a daily listener of the huddle up podcast because that's basically what i'm saying doc that's what that's what we're saying it's a fair take, but it's also
3: an unfashionable take. It's also not the popular take. So that's why, Black Knight, you're you're going to be, I'm sure, get, getting some sort of criticism from that comment to even suggest the Broncos run it back with Lock for another year. But when you look at things with logic and reason, that is probably
2: the most realistic outcome for 2021, like it or not. Appreciate you, Jeremy. Seriously, that yes. means the world to us, buddy. Uh, JT, another one of our foundational superstars, crossed the pond, and it's late. For my dog, uh, over there. Good to see you, man. He says with Simmons uh, being tagged, possibly paying draft picks, tendering Lindsey, Patrick, and so on, and bringing Shelby uh, and bringing back Shelby will leave us little to no cap. Must extend Vaughn to free more up. I agree that if Vaughn comes back, Zach. Thank you, JT. I think it's more likely to come on some sort of an extension that defers his cap hits, minimizes his cap liability in 2021 than just, hey, we're picking up the the 2021 team option.
3: I think they're gonna have enough cap room to do whatever they want. I mean, obviously a long-term deal with Simmons would be better for the salary cap, but they can do all of those things and still have money left over. We're talking about upwards of forty-six million dollars, which they can free they can even add to chat. They can five, 10 million more on top of that. That's plenty of money. So I'm really not worried. They have what is it fourth or fifth most cap space in the entire NFL? And this
2: is just the start. So I'm not worried about the Broncos from a financial standpoint in the least. All right. We got this one from Anthony and then John, we've got rogue theory, Steve, John Houston, again, um, Brandon, and then we're good with where I'm at. So one more time, rogue theory, Steven, John and Brandon, Um, Anthony. Wow, man. Thank you for that generosity. It's great. Um, I was looking for you on Twitter the other day, and I'm not positive that I have the right account that I think is Anthony. So do me a favor. If you're on Twitter, if you are who I think you are, and even if you're not who I think you are, hit us, hit me up in the mentions. Hey, it's me. It's Anthony Baldelli. Because so, so often the handles are different, and I can't be sure. Appreciate you. People only see the box score when it comes to luck. They don't see that guys like y'all see one example. He's getting better at controlling the safety with his eyes and body movement. I think he's only going to get better. Yeah, I mean, look, there were times that Drew showed alarming regression with his technique and how he read the field, but then he kind of climbed out of it. You know, His footwork still was very inconsistent throughout the whole year, but he climbed out of a lot of the bad reads. He climbed out of a lot of the facepalm decision-making, and he started playing within himself and within the scheme and an efficient brand of quarterbacking that, if you had a defense that could stop anyone by that point in the season, you're winning games, dude. I was When you were
3: saying that, I was thinking of referencing the finale against the Raiders because the, the Denver defense and Vic Fangio with his timeout mismanagement lost that game. If you watch that game again, snap by snap, that might have been Locke's best performance as a pro, which is not saying a lot. It's actually kind of a pathetic indictment of where he is through two years. But he was uh, measured, he was confident, he wasn't panicking, and he delivered that dime to Jerry Judy in stride chat. It was a throw he did not make the entire season. He was doing things in that game we did not see the entire season. You know what that's called? That's called progress. That's called development.
2: You can hate him or love him, but that fact, again, is indisputable progress. And let's remember, gang, it is in the Broncos' best interest, okay, for Drew to work out and be that franchise guy, become that franchise guy. All right? You want to hold on to those draft picks and fill your other roster holes. You want him to be the answer so that you can do that instead of giving it to Houston, all right? So we'll see how it shakes out. But here's uh, Joshua. We really got a rapid fire because we're at 112 here. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. Uh, he says, I'm 100% on Zach's side. Fans, he puts in parentheses, are so tired of losing. They're blind to the progress Locke has made. Locke can ball on, and other teams see it as well. I'm all in for Drew this season. That said, it is ball or bust. I agree, man. Like because Zach, you have coming off the heels of four straight losing seasons as a team. Um, this is it for Drew. Like you have to be able to show it this year. And if you are unable to leave no doubt, then that's the answer in and of itself. The Broncos have to do something else. Fangio will be fired. You start over completely, and Peyton picks everything from from the ground up. Yeah, I mean, I saw a question that said you guys realize you're a little emotionally invested in
3: Locke. No, I'm not. I haven't been emotionally invested in any Broncos quarterback since I started covering this team, Chad, but if Locke busts, I'll be the first one to say he is not the guy. Get him the hell out of the building and I'll root for the next quarterback next year. I'm not invested in anyone in particular. I cover the Broncos, and right now, Locke is the quarterback of the Broncos, so right now, I am rooting for Locke to succeed because if Locke succeeds, the Broncos succeed.
2: It's a really simple equation when you think about it. Steve. Wow. Thank you, my friend. The generosity tonight is just uh, off the chain. And this is a guy we've had him on the show multiple times, including for his birthday. And he's just, he's helped us in the chat. He's constantly letting us know when the news is breaking. Zach, he's at you and I and John on Twitter. And we just appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. He says, drew lock is my QB. This season will be the first time lock has had the same OC since college. Again, thank you, Stephen. Appreciate you, Doug. And it's true. And the last time he had the same OC continuity year over year was sophomore to junior at Mizzou. And that second year where you're benefiting from that continuity, he popped, he went off, set an SEC record in touchdown passes. And that's what those of you who are so ready to pull the trigger on moving on from lock, that's what you could be forsaking right now. If you don't take the long view and if you're not more measured and considered in how you view this thing and all the different factors and there are a lot of different factors and it's not just drew but also draft picks do you really want to saddle george payton with no first or second round picks for the next three years because what if watson doesn't what if he's not the guy you think he is what if he gets hurt dude you're done you are done because you sold out to get him that makes us nervous on this show
3: no, Chad. There's a 10 year guarantee if you get Deshaun Watson, so you're good regardless. Right, right, right. You have a
2: warranty for 10 years. Right. Yeah,
3: but let us not
2: forget that. I forgot about the warranty, John. Again, thank you, John. He says I only watch this show. <coughs> excuse me for Zach. He gets. <laughs> thank it. you, John. There's another OG for you. Appreciate, Appreciate you. John. you. Uh, all right, let me see here, real quick. Our John, um, Brandon Reagan. If you can grab Brandon, um, and then I'm while you're pulling him up, I'm grabbing Nimbus. Good to see you, by the way. And I know we are connected on Twitter, so we'll be shouting you out. Appreciate. It. He says, "Copton MHH Dad Hat." What's good, fellas? Well, where's the selfie, bro? Send it off. But sh- you know, we're following each other on Twitter. Send it over. We want to see it. We'll put it on Instagram. Appreciate you uh, patronizing the merch store and for the support.
3: Hope you like it too.
2: Let us know. Um, all right. Let me see here. We really are getting almost out of time, but there's so many supers who've been waiting patiently, Mister. Um, Madonna, thank you. Um he says another Purna subscriber coming your way. Well, Very cool. You. you know, uh, we're we're big fans of of Brandon Perna. Friend of the show. Yes, he says, thanks for your research and keeping the boys informed. Question Is this Fangio's make it or break it year? Oh yeah, absolutely. And by the way, all right, here's here's a little trivia for you, Mr. Madano. Brandon Perna is a founding member, staffer of Mile High Huddle. He helped start the site with me back in 2014 in charge of all the videos uh, that we did. And he ended up, we parted ways as far as his official involvement right after Super Bowl 50. So we got nothing but love for Brandon. He's he's our dog. Uh, But yeah, Zach, this is definitely Fangio's put up or shut up season.
3: Yeah, and I think barring a wild card or playoff berth, I think he will be fired because you cannot keep accepting mediocrity. And he has more issues that go beyond the win-loss column, Chad. So far through two seasons, Fangio hasn't shown much as a head coach. Defensive coordinator, fine, but head
2: coach, he has a lot to prove. Uh, Joey, I'm not seeing the question. The chat somehow won't let me go up. The last thing I see from you is, thanks, Jeremy. Uh, I'll see if they get it or something like, thanks, Jeremy. And then this, so... If you can re-get it in there ASAP, I will try to get to it while we still have a little bit of time. Um, all right, real quick here. John's pulling up. We need Brandon Reagan if you can find him. If not, I can reverse it. Should I reverse it? Okay, let me grab him real quick. John's saying we, we lost him in the chat, so let me grab Brandon. Brandon, you know we love you, dude. We're Even if we can't show the uh, super chat itself, we're not missing you, dude. We're not going to skimp out. So hold tight. Hold up. Here you are. And hopefully it gets the whole super on this card here. I think it will. Uh, Brandon, love you, buddy. He says, I'm a Locke fan. Roll with him third year and build in the draft. But if the 49ers call and say, hey, um, s- second a second rounder this year and a second next year for lock." Do you guys pull the trigger? Your opinions. Um, trade Drew Locke to San Francisco for two second round picks. Mm. Knowing you hold the nine pick, I'd probably do it. I'll be honest with you. I'd probably do it. If you got two second rounders, I'd probably do it, but I'd have to think about that. I'd have to ponder that, dude.
3: I I don't think that'd be a real realistic trade offer. I mean, if Carson Wentz went for a two and a three, even though it was conditional to, I don't think it'd be one second round pick, but I don't know. I would probably I'm right there with you. You can use the ninth overall pick on a quarterback in that situation. And, And selfishly, Chad, I know you as well.
2: I'd love to see Drew Locke in a Shanahan system. I think he'd be a reborn quarterback. Agreed. Uh, We were just, we were asked that question just the other day. Um, All right. We've got uh, a super here from John again. Thank you, John. He says, I would legit pay 500 bucks to see Zach versus Colin Cowher. Uh, That would be fun. I'll do it
3: it for free guys. I'd love to get Colin one-on-one and have him meet some crow. I'd force it down his throat.
2: Trust on that. Uh, Willie again. Thanks bro. He says, huh. It's almost like Drew was drafted as a project. That's, I mean, look, that's why he didn't go first round. He needed a little time to marinate, percolate, uh, and he's gotten that. He's needs a little bit more. By that, I mean give him the offseason with Shermer, and I think it was I saw Alvin say earlier in the chat, you know, give Drew three games to start 2021, and if he doesn't make it, then, you know, you move on to whoever your failsafe was that you signed or whatever. I wouldn't be quite that impatient, but I would give him 2021, and then you'll know for sure. Like, that's it. At least, you know, that's you can't afford to wait any longer to get a a certain uh, absolute evaluation on Drew if you're the Broncos, but we're not there yet.
3: Right. Yeah, one way or the other, we have to know this season in a mostly fair audition, you know, whether he could be the guy. That's all we're saying.
2: All right. Um, John, real quick here. We need um, Moreno Silva, if you've got him. Dale again, jumping in with huge super Um, and Murphy bros. I don't know if you got either of those. If not, I can, uh, I can reverse it, reverse engineer it, so to speak. Um, You know what, since we're, we're running out of time, I'm just going to start grabbing a couple of these John reverse engineer it since it's, I know the chat for you has just been huge. There's, there's Moreno Silva in uh, Brazil. Good to see you, bro. He says, Hey guys, been a while since I caught you live. Um, a bit late here in Brazil. Anyway, do you see us going for any free agent wideouts like Will Fuller, Corey Davis, or uh, re-signing Patrick hashtag state of being? You do personify Moreno, that hashtag. Seriously, much love to you and respect for Broncos country in Brazil. But uh, I really don't see him going after a big a big free agent wideout. Do you, Zach? I'm not paying a
3: dime for a wide receiver chat. I'm 10, I'm tendering Tim Patrick. You have Cortland Sutton coming back. He might want a new contract in a couple of years. You, you invested in Jerry Judy, you invested in KJ Hamler. You have plenty of
2: wideouts. No more. True. And then here's uh, Murphy bros collectibles who has really wow. been a joy to get to know the last, like I'll say the last couple months. And so that's just blows us away. Thank you, bro. Seriously. Thank you. Hats off. All right. He says, preach my brother's, Thank you, dog. Thank you. Yes. And by the way, reach out to us. Send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail. Let us us get you a T-shirt as a little thank you for how supportive you've been. Serious, reach out to us. Wow. Speaking of support, Dale. Yeah, Dale, from the top rope again, there's arguably 16 NFL teams that planned on a salary cap jump this offseason. The new TV deals reported the NFL is asking for double. Could be done within a month. This will impact the salary cap tremendously, how do you see this impacting Denver? Well and I don't think' you'll, it won't impact 2021 right? right So in a perfect world, they get that money they do double their contract their TV revenue and it matriculates to the bottom line for the salary cap in 2022 and then somewhere along the way, Zach, during 2021 football season, you're able to get fans in the stands even if it's like you know half capacity that revenue would make all the difference in the world. And I'm still, I know we're getting a lot of weird mixed signals from our our leaders and what we see in the media and whatnot on the pandemic, but I am still, fingers crossed, that by the time you get to August and September, that with the vaccine and everything that's getting out there to the older folks in our our, uh, communities, that you can actually get some butts in the seat this time around. That's a big
3: understatement on mixed signals there, Chad. (laughs) Uh, In terms of the salary cap, it's true that you're going to see a lot of two or three year short term deals in in free agency this year because players know in a couple seasons, the salary cap is going to explode and they're going to make so much more money than they are now. So um, it won't impact 2021, but Coming out of the pandemic when the salary cap goes up in a couple of years, maybe even next offseason, it'll be above 200 million. It's at what, 180 now? So that's a $20 million
2: increase. It's a lot of money. Alvin says, and thank you again, bro. He says, facts, Chad, be a professional the moment you decide to play football as a career, talking about the leave no doubt and all that. Yep. Well said, my brother. Well said. Um, all right, let me see here, John. We've got John Houston. No, we got. No, I think actually we're current. I think we've gotten everybody. Let me double check real quick here. Let me double check uh, one last pass, and I think I think we got everybody. Got Nimbus, JT, Simon. We're good. And guys, if we if there are some of you, by the way, where was that Twitch question? Did we see that other Twitch question? Did he was he able to get that back in there? There he is, Joey. Appreciate you. He says Drew is the 2021 starter. We tag signed Simmons. Harris, and we retain Vaughn on a pay cut. What would you guys do with the rest of our cap space in free agency? What other moves would you make with our roster as well? So I would go get – so Drew's the starter, but I'm not banking on Brett. Depending on the cost, I'm calling up Andy Dalton. I'm calling up one of those type of guys, Fitzmagic, someone like that. If it's not too exorbitant, I'm bringing them in. If it gets too much, then I'm just going to say, look, I'm going roll. I'm cut. first of all, I'm moving on from Jeff Driscoll, goodbye. But I'm, I'll roll with I'll roll with Brett Rippen as the fail safe. If that gets too steep, you know, to get a to get a true fail safe in there. Otherwise, Zach, I'm spending whatever additional monies I've got in cap space on a right tackle fail safe. Even if that means I'm bringing back Elijah. Worst case scenario, I need another option there. I need another body at tackle. And then corner. I got to get a corner. I got to get at least – because look at it. Bryce Callahan is your only surefire starting caliber corner right now. Who knows? Maybe Michael O. can turn into that and develops and pops into that in 2021, but you can't count on that happening. So you've got two holes on the starting defense right now at corner that you need to fill. One of them, I think, Zach, needs to come – via the free agent pool. And then the other one you can get at pick nine, especially if Drew is the 2021 starter.
3: Yeah, I agree with everything that you just said. And most of the Broncos work, I believe this offseason will be through the draft with their draft picks. Um, but, you know, just beyond the obvious, they can use, I'm monitoring Levante David in Tampa Bay. If he becomes available, I'm probably making an offer for an inside linebacker like him. I'm looking at a safety, a third safety, or they could get rid of Kareem Jackson. Might need a starter there. You can use some defensive line depth and you cut Jarrell Casey, even if you bring back Shelby Harris with Mike Purcell coming off an injury. So, I'm looking to shore up spots on defense and kind of plug smaller holes, but saving the bulk of my work for the draft. And I'm going to fill the blue chip uh, spots, cornerback, maybe inside linebacker, edge linebacker, through those
2: premium picks there. I want to grab these two comments, and then we're out of here. David on YouTube, appreciate you, bro. He says, Chad and Zach, I surely appreciate your time and opinions. We know Drew has not been consistent, and that's all we've been asking for. But once he does, along with confidence, danger zone, I feel you. And then, Jason, this is a good message for everybody, this is a good parting message for tonight's show, all right? One thing is for certain, everyone a part of this chat is passionate about their beloved Broncos. We have to keep the faith that the Brass and George Payton can catapult the team to playoff contenders. Well said, my friend, and we couldn't have said it better. So, Zach, let's, uh, it's time to go. Your parting thoughts, and then I'll run through a couple things and we'll get out of here. I just want to say that, yes,
3: that message is 100% true. And if George Payton does make that blockbuster trade, if he does acquire Deshaun Watson, I will root for Deshaun Watson. I will root just as I'm rooting now for the Broncos, and I rooted last year for Drew Locke. So I think that's what separates us, Chad, from the others that just hate Locke with all of their passion and are so blind and delusional to the rest of the team. No matter what, we all want to see the Broncos get back to relevancy. We all realize they've fallen well short of the Pat Boland standard, for several seasons now no one is disputing that but we have different ways in which we agree to get to that point but getting to that point for you chad for me for john for everyone in the chat that is the ultimate goal so
2: 100 percent agree well said all right guys thank you so much to each and every one of you for joining us tonight seriously hats off mile high salute to our super chat superstars and our facebook supporters you guys really brought the thunder tonight and blew yeah. our hair back i mean i don't have much hair left right you can see <laughs> but you know what little i have it was it was gone. Um, thank you guys. And then the queen. Wow. Uh, thank you. Our pops in, by the way, we're going to see a Sunday night. Christy's coming on the show. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. She says, happy to catch it tonight. Thanks guys. Thank you. And that's why she's the queen of MHH. Just superstar right there. That's
3: all right. Thanks, Christy.
2: Uh, follow on Twitter at huddle at pod at mile high huddle. Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL myself at Chad and Jensen. Bona Beast on Twitter is at John K MHH. I'd go through everything else, gang, but we got to get out of here. We're, we're almost at 90 minutes. So thanks to each and every one of you. Zach, remind everybody, KK, Sunday, and sign us out.
3: Yes, have a great weekend, Chad. Have a great weekend, John. Have a great weekend, everyone else out there. We will see you Sunday at noon Mountain Time for Kelberman's Corner. I'm going to keep you in suspense, as I always do, of the topic, but I promise you, if you like the fire here, you will like the fire there. Trust me on that, and we will see the majority of you on the Huddle Up Pod, Sunday night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, have a great weekend, and as always, go Broncos.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl.